He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Hospitality means uh, basically providing just uh, inspiring experiences to guests and and making sure that they are are well taken care of and that they go back with memories. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. What's up, all my Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now, these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked. And not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct? You can stop stressing, at least a little bit, and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. Alright everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And of course, if you are listening to this show, you know you're about to get a bunch of greatness because every guest is a great guest and I'm excited to be joined today by John Whites, who is the founder of Avocet Hospitality Group. And I'm super pumped to uh, get to dive in on his story and the background that has led him to the journey that they're on today. So John, thank you so much for being on the show and I can't wait to dive in with you. Well, Will, thank you for having me today. It's uh, uh, always exciting to uh, talk to people in the industry and just get different perspectives so we can all grow and uh, and do better in providing hospitality to, to the public. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in. I want to hear your story. I kind of got to review it a little bit before the recording today, and it sounds really interesting on how you got started uh, with Avocet. So I'm curious, tell me, like, walk us through your background prior to starting the business, but then also the journey and the leading moments to how you guys got started. Sure. Um, well, I, first of all, I, I, I did not grow up in hospitality. And uh, if, if you had asked me when I was in my 20s that I'd be uh, uh, involved with hotels and, and growing a collection of independent hotels, I would have told you you were crazy. I was a finance major at Clemson University. And so I was a, a numbers guy and a numbers cruncher and a bean counter. And, uh, and then trying to move real quickly because I don't want to take too much time, but uh, then decided I was going to be a lawyer and ended up in, in, in law school. And as a lawyer, I ended up representing um, people who were developing resorts and golf courses. And that's really where the seed for hospitality started. I didn't have a whole lot of, uh, it wasn't real fun what I was doing as a lawyer, but I was getting to see what people were doing in building resorts and golf courses and providing uh, outlets for people to basically enjoy themselves and have fun. And I just found it super cool. So through a, uh, a mutual acquaintance, I was able to join uh, a Kiowa Island Golf Resort, which is here in, in 
right outside of Charleston, South Carolina. I actually just hosted the PGA Championship this last weekend. Awesome. And uh, and so I was I got involved with uh, the programming and developing of the Sanctuary Hotel at Kiwa Island, uh, which is an oceanfront resort, and also the Ocean Course uh, Clubhouse and Golf Course, which was just featured in the PGA Championship. And and it really just took off from there. And and with that group, we also did the Hermitage Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, mm. and repositioned that. And so it just started to grow like a passion. And and I think like a lot of people, you don't know really where your passion is going to be. You start your life thinking you're going to do one thing. And before you know it, you wake up 20 years later and it's like, how did I get here? Yeah. And now I could not imagine my life uh, without waking up every day thinking about hospitality and providing experiences. And, and so that's kind of the background. And then I, if you want, I can walk into how we got from working with someone else to starting Apposet. I'm happy to do that. Yeah, no, and I just love that, that whole journey, just going through it. It sounds just incredible to, to be doing these types of accomplishments that you guys are talking about. And uh, just to, to clarify for, for the audience, um, for Avocet, what do you guys, are you guys a management company or are you a, uh, a real estate uh, position in this whole industry? Like, can you tell us what you really do with these hotels? Are you managing them or are you buying and owning? Sure. We, we, we have, uh, we own and operate all of our hotels. Okay. Um, and we actually started as a vacation management company. Awesome. And okay. so what, when I left Kiowa, we started a company called Avocet Properties, which was on Folly Beach, uh, right outside of Charleston, South Carolina. And it really was our platform. And, and the, the quick story of it is, is my wife and I were fortunate enough to have a vacation management home on, on Folly Beach that we own personally. Mm-hmm. But having worked in the resort environment that also had vacation rentals, I was seeing how the resort was handling their their vacation management. Mm-hmm. And I saw what was happening with our personal investment on Folly Beach. And I was like, you know, I think we can do this. And I think we can, we can, uh, we can build a better mousetrap. Yeah. And, and so uh, we took the leap of faith and we started uh, Avocet Properties on Folly Beach. We acquired a small company that I think had, you know, maybe 70 vacation rentals oh. in the program. And over the, the, over three or four years, we built it to the largest vacation management company on Folly Beach. Wow. Um, and really that was our platform. And, and at that point, it uh, provided us the ability to acquire the Tides Hotel on Folly Beach, which is 132 oceanfront room, mm. uh, the only full service oceanfront hotel in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, it was a branded hotel that really needed to be repositioned. And that's really the story of Avocet and really what gets my juices flowing yeah. is we are always looking for uh, unique opportunities where we can acquire in a hotel. We know that it needs to be repositioned or a term we use is rebirthed. Yeah. It's had a, it's had a great past and it's either kind of gotten tarnished. I kind of liken it to an old classic car, right? Everyone goes and finds the old classic car and then they put it in their garage and they work on it and tinker with it. And then they can't wait till that day that they can pull it out and it's all shiny and waxed up and buffed and you're cruising down the road and everybody's looking at you. Yeah. That's what our passion (laughs) is, is we, we like to find those, those, those hotels that, uh, that need to be tinkered with. They need to be worked on. 
Um, and, and really there's a story to be told with yeah. the hotel and it just hasn't been told. Uh, I, I, you'll figure out, I talk in stream of consciousness a lot. I, I had a 65 Mustang at one point and, and it needed to be worked on. And, you know, my proudest moment was pulling it out of the garage and, and driving it down the street and everyone would go, man, that's awesome. I can't believe that's what that car used to look like. And yeah. now it looks like this. That's what we do with hotels and, and hotels. It's not just the physical plant, but it is also what you do with the culture mm -hmm. and what you do with your team members and what you do with the vibe. And because there's, there's people all over the country building gorgeous hotels. Mm -hmm. But for us, the passion comes into is having a really, really cool story married with a really cool design. And so we did that with Tides to Start. We then moved in and did it with uh, the Vendue, which was at, at the Vendue Inn, which is a historic hotel in downtown Charleston. The building was built in 1780. So you can just, you already know that if it was built in 1780, yeah, it's got history. history. Yeah. It's got a story. And so, um, and it just wasn't being told. It was just kind of being run as a, a little inn in, in, in downtown Charleston, which was awesome. And so we rebirthed it. We, we converted it into a contemporary art hotel, which is really, you know, not something that at that point had been done in Charleston, where someone was colliding 1780s architecture with avant-garde contemporary art from some of the most cutting edge artists from around the world. We've had, we've had artists that have showed in the hotel, uh, I think from like four different continents. Wow. And, uh, and again, it's a boutique, but to, to take it on that journey. And then most recently, and I, like I said, I'm trying to move fast and then you can, you can pick on whatever details you want to. Um, our most recent project was in Chattanooga, Tennessee with the Reed house hotel. Okay. Reed, Reed house hotel was, uh, originally built in 1872. It has never closed its doors since the day it opened. Um, and even through the most recent pandemic, we did not close the doors. We didn't have any business, but we kept the doors open to keep the streak alive. Mm. But that was, again, a hotel that had great history, had great story. Everyone in Chattanooga has a story about that hotel. And, and they always said, God, do you remember those days when the Reed House was? Yeah. And we took that as an opportunity to say, we're going to come in and, and put the, the shock paddles on the hotel. We're going to breathe some life into it. We're going to rebirth it and, and bring back a new version of the Reed House with a uh, with our take on what it should be, um, and it's just that's where my passion lies is is basically telling the stories, and it doesn't have to be a historic building. It could be any story that it needs to be. It's just something that's authentic and real, mm. and that people can grasp onto and walk away and going, that was really cool. Yeah, and that's what gets my blood flowing. No, I love that, and oh, man, there's so much to unpack there. I love it. Um, so let, let's rewind a little bit because uh, I think this is going to bring a lot of value to the audience that's listening. Um, acquiring vacation rental management property. And that's, yep. your, that's your step into the door of getting into hotels and all that other stuff, which is a lot of people in my network and even for myself, like that's the journey is, you know, manage properties, get them to become a valuable asset for the owner and then for the company that you are getting the revenue for. And, and then start acquiring your own properties and, and so on and so forth. Um, so what are some things maybe that you've seen 
with the vacation rental side and the hotel side, they either have really big common similarities or really big differences uh, when it comes to starting with vacation rentals, individual unit, home, hotel, property to a full hotel, which is multiple units, uh, multiple different room types, all that type of stuff. Anything on the back end or even on the front facing for the guests that you say would be super similar or super uh, different? Well, I'll start with the different. Um, and, and what that really came down to for us was understanding what you could control and what you couldn't control. Okay. And, and so in the, at least for our vacation, um, management company, um, we didn't have a whole lot of control over the design and programming of each individual house. Mm -hmm. Every owner was building their house the way that, you know, they wanted to build it for themselves and they furnished it the way that they wanted because, you know, our company wasn't a, where we had 200 condos in one complex. These were individual beach houses, each individually built each with their own uh, personality and, and their own uh, flavor. Yeah. So, I think at the height, we got up to 250 units. By the way, we have since sold that company to okay. Wyndham. Okay. Uh, and, and I can go into that story as to why we did that as well and, and, and happy to share that. But, you know, one of the big things that, that is different, having been in the hotel industry before, where I was involved with Hermitage Hotel and the Sanctuary Hotel, and then solely focusing for a few years just on vacation management, was the, the product. So there were certain things that we could control in the vacation rental business, which was the reservation experience. We knew we could control that. We could control the marketing. We could control the check-in. We could control the housekeeping and we could control the maintenance, making sure that we either had the house maintained or when issues come up and they always do in vacation, vacation rentals, we know it. How do we respond to that guest and how do we provide the best guest experience we can Mm -hmm. And then also, how can we work with our owners in order to uh, make sure they understand the value of if we're making a recommendation that uh, you need to do something with your home, yeah. whether it's your, your, your TVs are not even flat screens, they're still <laughs> black and whites with no remote controls, yeah. or whatever it may be, uh, our job was not just to go to the owner and and just say, your TVs are outdated and you need to buy new TVs. I believe that uh, it's a good part. It's a partnership between the owner of the house Mm -hmm. and us as the, and, and we need to tell you not just what you need to do, but why you need to do it. And what is the payback on that? And and that maybe comes back to my days. As I said, I started as a finance major and worked for bank holding companies and was doing financial analysis. And so, you know, I, I think maybe we were successful with vacation management because we took a lot of time to explain to our owners mm-hmm. why they needed to do something they did because they've got it in a vacation management program because they're trying to make money. Yeah, 100%. They're either trying to cover the mortgage or they're even in, depending on what they purchased it for, they're trying to make a little bit of money on it. You know, right now, or at least when we were in it, everyone was like, as long as I can pay my mortgage and kind of build up the appreciation, I'm good to go. Yeah. Um, and so every dollar that went out went against that goal. So we had to explain, uh, much like I just told you about hotels. So if you want to talk similarities, at least for Avocet, we buy something and then we renovate and reposition. Well, that takes money. Mm -hmm. And so in both cases, 
you have to invest and believe that what you're investing is going to produce greater returns than what you spent. Yeah. So our job in vacation management was to explain to people and, and show them with literal financial spreadsheets, which I think a lot of people in, in that industry don't do. Mm-hmm. They just tell them the wise anecdotally. We actually went down and showed them, if you do this, we're going to project your revenue this way. If you don't do this, we're going to project your, so your payback is going to be why. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's very similar. That's, we do all of that with every one of our hotels and whether it's our annual CapEx in the hotels, whether it's a full-blown renovation, um, or whether it's like in the case of the Reed House, we're going to buy it for, I think we bought it for like 18 or 19 million, and then we invested another 28 million into it. You know, yeah. there's a financial analysis because if you just look at it and say, well, we just want it to be really cool and we want it to be yeah. a Gatsby hotel, it can get away from you in a hurry. And then you'll never make the, the, the annual returns, the NOI on an annual basis to ever pay back what you put into it. And I, so I think that's similar. I know I, I said I was going to start with the differences, but I think I got yeah. to both of your questions in the same way is the owner deserves to know why you're being asked them to invest. And, uh, and, then, and then the other similarity to both is just the commitment to that word hospitality. Yeah is, is do whatever you can. You know, you asked me that question at the beginning, the one way we define it, uh, what is hospitality? The answer is yes. What's the question? Mm -hmm. We use that at Avocet probably twice a week. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's really good. And I love that because like you go into the whole, I think Airbnb moved the vacation rental industry pretty significantly. Like it was already a, a very positive vertical in hospitality, but getting this Amazon like guest experience where it's click, click booked um, versus, you know, 20 clicks booked, then all this other stuff that happens in the back end. Um, it's, is really fast forward that. And I, I think lower the barrier to entry, which allowed a lot of people to be either bad apples, bad actors, whatever you want to call it uh, to just have like this bare minimum, you know, air mattress or non quality product, right. Uh, that they could make money off of. And then, seeing what you're talking about with the owners to how it, you have to showcase that. And I think it's really important that people understand because you're talking about amenities that go into your daily rates. Like these, the reason why you're calculating a daily rate at $250 a night um, is because of these certain, you know, amenities that are plugged in and that they're going to get when they get that experience. It's a, it's a service and a, and a product all at the same time. And uh, a lot of people don't understand that. So I'm really glad that you said that. And, uh, for for you guys, when it came to the back end stuff, uh, when it came to like a property management software, you know, did you guys do a lot of in person check ins, or did you have access controls such as like a door code, anything like that? No, we we again trying to control the guest experience, and it it really probably did relate to one of the reasons why we ended up uh, selling the company to Wyndham. Yeah, it it really is the Airbnb factor is that. Okay. Uh, the industry in itself, in my opinion, was headed more to a commoditized industry as yeah. opposed to a service industry. And, and we very much prided ourselves. We, we resisted purposefully, uh, not from an expense and not from an ROI standpoint, um, the keyless entries and the getting a code on your phone that opens the door in order to bypass. We wanted to uh, enhance the guest experience on the vacation management side by having a human interaction. Mm-hmm. And, and again, 
I, I know, like I said, I speak stream of consciousness. That's entering into the hotel industry right now. You see Marriott yeah. saying we're going to put up check-in kiosks. And there's a lot of people balking at that mm-hmm. because it's just going to eliminate a key element of hospitality, which is that human interaction and the human experience and the touch points that you provide in hospitality. Yeah. Um, and so as we saw Airbnb moving more towards a click, click, show up, check into the house, never see anyone, send a, a text to tell them that the toilet isn't working. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not something that I could get passionate about, mm-hmm. even if I could find a way to be financially successful about it. And it goes back to kind of what I said, we want to tell a hospitality story. Yeah. And so there's not a whole lot of story if there's not a whole lot of human interaction. And so we felt the way that we wanted to run was not going to be successful in the way the industry was going. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and let someone else take the ball and run with it. And let's focus where we can do something we're passionate about. And so with that, with that sell off to Wyndham, um, what did that look like? And we don't have to go into all the detail. I'm just kind of curious with, did they approach you guys? Did you approach them? Um, and what's, what's that look like when, especially, I'm sure you probably was your home that you, that you owned, uh, in that program as well, uh, that you guys started. I had sold that home by that point. Okay. So, um, I actually sold that house so I could put some equity into hotels. Okay. So, so you're selling um, it was this- a, it was a required sale in order to, uh, to grow Avocent. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. Uh, no, I think we were introduced by an, an intermediary that was, listen, you know, we've got a group that is looking to grow their portfolio. And if you have any interest in selling and, uh, I, I, I had been thinking about it because of Airbnb, yeah. a, a story I used all the time or an analogy I use all the time relative to that specific transaction was Uber. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I said is, um, if you look at what Uber's done to the transportation industry, um, when's the last time you, you called yellow cap? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm afraid Airbnb is about to do to the vacation management company, what Uber did to yellow cab. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to wake up 10 years from now having a fleet full of yellow cabs um, when everybody else is dialing up Uber on their phone. Mm-hmm. And, and that was in 2017. Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, for a lot of us on the, like either like on the vacation rental side now, and even in the podcast audience, I think um, we're, there's always been that conversation of an allowing tech uh, or even something like Airbnb to be a solution that frees up the time. And cause like, you know, on the hotel side, um, I do too, like from the front desk perspective, the countless checklist uh, that you have to do throughout a, a, an AM, a mid or a PM shift. Um, that just probably don't need to be done. Like let's be honest, like being a front desk guy, I was, these are tasks that could have been automated through a software or through some kind of program. Right. Um, do you think that tech in some way or form or something like Airbnb or whatever could be used in order to free up the human time on the back end for that connection, for that front desk experience to then allow that touch point to be more enhanced? Uh, I'm not worried about checking off this audit or this program I have to run because I can, now it's already automated. It's done. It gets put away. I don't have to out of sight, out of mind type deal to focus on that guest um, and to focus on like that connection. Yeah, no, no, one hundred percent. Technology is uh, is a very important, and and as it grows, it changes daily. Yeah. And the biggest thing is making sure 
you, uh, you figure out what you want to implement that is not going to have you outdated before you even finish the implementation. That's, that's the trick because you, you can say, yep, this is what we're going to do. And by the time you go live, it's already, there's four new widgets out there that are 10 times better. And so it's just a matter of when you figure out how to, how to pull the trigger. It's like I said, I'm strict. I I always just kind of have silly things pop in my head. I remember a long time ago, a, when DVD players were out, right? I had a friend of mine who said, uh, he was like, Don, you got to buy this DVD player. I mean, it's eight times over sampling. I don't even know what the hell that means anymore. (laughs) And he was like, it's never going to get any better than that. Well, look where the DVD player is today. But no, technology is extremely important. We across our portfolio are moving towards basically trying to figure out uh, not to eliminate the check-in experience, mm-hmm. but to change it and really not have GSAs anymore, but lobby ambassadors yes, and, and guest experience ambassadors. And so the human element doesn't go away, but the role is vastly different other than just checking the boxes. And yeah. how can that happen automated? How can it happen through mobile technology? But, and, and you also, you know, we, we start with what is hospitality? It's different for every guest. And yeah. so, we want to also be flexible enough that a certain guest does want to bypass everything and just go to the elevator and go straight to the room and never talk to someone. If that's what you want your hospitality experience, we're not doing our job. If we force you Mm -hmm. to interact with someone when you don't want to. Exactly. Um, But we want to give you that opportunity. And also maybe even if you don't want to present an opportunity where you may experience it and realize you liked it, even though you didn't think you would. Mm -hmm. And so we're moving into that, that realm of trying to basically, I'll I'll go back to the answer is yes. What's the question? If you want to check in this way, the answer is yes, you can. If you want to check in this way, yes, you can. And we're going to have our, uh, our experiences right in front of you. And I mean that those human interactions that are there for you to partake in if you want to. And if we do our job of creating a great culture, mm-hmm. then your experience in our hotels is going to be elevated and it may be different than you thought it was going to be before you walked in the door. Yeah. I love that. Hey everybody. Sorry to interrupt the episode, but last week on the podcast, we had Michael Friedman on the show from Skyrun vacation rentals. And do I have a message for you? So Skyrun Vacation Rentals offers a premium all-in-one solution for vacation rental business owners and homeowners. Those that want to own and manage their own vacation rental business can license Skyrun software, tools, and consultations to operate their business locally with the power of a national resource and a community of industry experts. Homeowners that join Skyrun get local staff to care for their homes 24-7, and typically they net 15-60% to more revenue than other property managers. So if you want to learn more, go ahead, visit skyrun.com. That is S-K-Y-R-U-N.com. And now back to the episode. And so I, yeah, oh, yeah, you got me pumped up with that lobby ambassador uh, side uh, because for us, like we've been thinking about, you know, how do we create and kind of like how do we change the check-in experience without eliminating the humanization? How do we how do we do that? And for us, we were talking about destination directors because we we want to incorporate the property as a destination itself within a destination. Because we, for for a lot of my experiences, like the best time I've ever had was when I felt like I checked in, I got my I got to my room, or I even just checked into the property, whether it's a vacation rental or not, 
and I never had to leave. Everything I needed or wanted was there. You know, there's you know all these amenities and services available that I, I could lay down or sit down or play around or do whatever all day long without ever leaving the property and be totally content. But then if I did want to leave the property for adventure purposes to experience the local community, I could. And I had everything at my at my uh, touch of a fingertip or resource. Um, so for you guys, what are you guys doing um, to, to change that inside Avocet? I'm curious to know tools or how you guys have structured it. Um, how do you implement that good culture to get your ambassadors to you know be passionate and, and uh, share that with the guests, whether it's a bypass check-in, no, no human interaction to, yeah, get the full experience? Well, I, I think it comes back to culture. And, and really, um, if you were to look at Avocet, um, we have really three uh, cornerstones of what our mission statement is. And it is storytelling, passion, and culture. So we spend an inordinate amount of time. And like I said, each of our hotels are a different experience. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, just to kind of set the stage for, for your audience, you know, Tides is an oceanfront hotel, but it's not just a box on the ocean. We took the time in order to create an experience where we've given our Folly Beach version of a South Beach hotel. Mm. So we've got um, uh, neon columns glowing. We have sisal carpets on the ceiling. We have the design elements from both the furnishings and 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 what it looks like and and how you're treated from the music to the lighting to everything all creates like, okay, I didn't just walk into a Hilton Garden Inn that happens to be oceanfront. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with the utility of a Hilton Garden Inn. And I don't mean to say that. 100%. We just, when you talk about what are we doing in order to create that, we're trying to create a certain experience. I said this to someone uh, the other, just this morning, actually. I said, you know, people say we're in the hotel business. I, I don't think we're in the hotel business. We're in the experience business. Mm-hmm. We're in the performance business. We are, are there to entertain you yeah. and you just happen to get to spend the night in our building. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the way we really, and so it really starts from the interview process with, with all of our, our team members and, and making sure they understand that. Um, I think my director of people and culture um, got kind of shocked when she heard me say this for the first time. I was like, I, I looked at a room of our employees and I said, if you guys think we're in the hotel business, you're in the wrong building. Mm. And, and I went on what I was just saying, but that's part of that, making sure everyone's on the same page. And it's so much easier when everybody is rowing in the same direction yeah. and understands where we're going. And most importantly, just like I said earlier about vacation management, why we're doing it. We can tell them, I'll use my Chattanooga hotel. We're a, we're a Gatsby's hotel, but we're a Leo DiCaprio Gatsby with <laughs> flaming oranges and purples and reds. Yeah. And we're not the black and white Gatsby. We are, we are the, the hotel where, you know, there's, there's Fergie playing in the lobby, but <laughs> with a 20 slant to it. Um, there's flapper dresses. We're transporting people somewhere. Mm. But if we start at the interview process and people know that's what we're trying to do and we reinforce it on a daily basis and make it, it's, uh, it, and they're all in, in the vision, then it's easy mm. because they're wanting to sell the experience and they're enjoying the experience themselves. And then it translates to the guests. And so now nothing is forced because we don't have an SOP that says, 
hey, you must tip your bowler hat to every guest yeah. and every third person you must extend. We don't do that. Yeah. We want you to give your genuine, authentic experience as a team member of our, of our family. And this is the atmosphere that we're putting you in. I, I said this to, I, I always use stupid analogies, right? If you can set the right stage, the experience speaks for itself. And, and a, a silly one that I used with my, my group and they kind of got shocked was if you go to Disney World, right? And it's the Magic Kingdom and it's not just about kids, but it's about adults. Everyone enjoys the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Well, what happens if you're walking down Main Street and Mickey is sitting on the bench smoking a cigarette? <laughs> Yeah. You just, the experience just changed, right? Mm-hmm. He's not Mickey Mouse. He's a guy in a costume who is told to stand there and wave and sign autographs and do all this sort of stuff. But when he's off, he's just sitting on the bench like anyone else smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And I use those type of silly analogies with our group to say, this is what we're trying to say mm-hmm. is if you believe it, come along for the ride with us and come to the magic kingdom. And if not, there's a hotel down the street that literally is, is there for the utility of people wanting to get checked in, get a, a um, firm mattress, get a hot shower, get a free waffle and a hard boiled egg the next morning, and then get to their business meeting. Yep. And that's why we are an independent where I started. We were looking to build a, a collection of uniquely situated, authentic hotels. That's who we are. Um, it'd be a hell of a lot easier to have a collection of 14 branded hotels and just check people in, clean the, clean the rooms, let them sleep, feed them a hot breakfast and knock them out the door. Yeah. It wouldn't be fun for me, for me. Well, I love that. And it brings back like you describing all that just brought me back to like literally my, my interview to the first hotel I ever worked at and why I fell in love with this industry was because I was asked two questions. And during that interview was, how are you with people? And my answer was, I'm, I'm great with people. I love people. I was, I was the class clown. I'm big family, blah, blah, blah. Great. How are you? How are you with like software tech, that type of stuff? Uh, I've never worked in a hotel before, but I can learn. I'm willing to learn. And he said, if you flip flop those answers, you know, I'm, I'm not really that great with people. Like I can learn to put on a mask or a face, um, but I'm really good with the software backend stuff. Like I'll crush that. Um, he said, I wouldn't have gotten the job because he's like, I can't teach you to like people. I can't teach you to see moments and create an experience like that, but I can teach you the back end stuff. I can teach you what ADR and occupancy and RevPAR and all this other stuff, how that flows into your job. But at the end of the day, I can't teach you people. And, uh, I, I the whole thing that you just went on just really hit me uh, like at home. Cause I was like, that is what hotels, hospitality, vacation rentals, you name it is about. And, uh, you're selling something and, I'm really glad you brought up Disney World because they're they're actually called like on the back end when you're creating these the, the theme parks and the movies and all the stuff they're called Imagineers. And uh, for for myself in the hospitality world, we've been talking. I was talking to a friend and we created Destination Airs, where you're not just a um, I'm not a front desk agent. I'm not just a maintenance person. I'm not just a hotelier or whatever. I'm a destination there. I create, I'm wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. And what you described just like literally fit that whole bill. And I think it's super, super cool. And just, I think when people shift their mindset, like I had a bunch of hotel owners I worked for, um, they said, well, we, this is how it's been done the last 20 years. This is how we do it. This is how it is. Blah, blah, blah. That normal 
you know, whatever excuse to now where you guys are saying, you know, we're changing the game. We're changing the way that, like you said, if you want this experience, that's great. There's plenty of hotels down the block, but for this to get a one of a kind, that's one and only, um, you have to get, go here. Like this is the only spot that we're going to do. Um, so I think that's really cool. And I, I just got to say, I really admire you for, for that because it's, it, as bad as it sounds, it's not, not common. Let's just be honest. Well, and, and here's what I would tell you. I don't want to think it, you know, it, it, it sounds very, uh, romantic and sexy, Yeah. Um, but there's also a business side to it. Yeah. And, and, and what I mean by that is, um, I told you our cornerstones, but if you really were to look at our mission statement, there is a firm belief held by our entire team, not just me. And, and, and so far we've proven it that profitability and return on investment can be driven by that. And it's not just, um, and that's why I say, if, if you don't look at it with an eye, you can go under very quickly because you can, you can just get too carried away yeah. in terms of both design and building and, and, and over designing and over programming more than is necessary. Mm. Um, and so we don't try to over program. Yes. We want to create, you know, magical moments everywhere and fireworks going off in the lobby every 30 seconds. <laughs> but there's a point where you hit that point where you're getting a payback on your investment. <laughs> and so what we really do going back to the, the, the third cornerstone of culture is we provide enough of a framework and then give all of our team members the freedom to create those moments on their own, <laughs> not in a framework where it's rehearsed or, or catered to. And so that doesn't cost any money really. Yeah, yeah. And so if we end up having a, uh, uh, at the venue, if there is someone who is there and they just eloped, uh, down on the battery in Charleston, you know, overlooking Charleston Harbor and, and they're coming in and they're all ecstatic. What does it cost for my, uh, food and beverage director to spontaneously decide that he's going to saber a bottle of champagne in the lobby? Yeah. It cost me what four dollars, but I probably just created thousands and thousands of dollars of goodwill with all the guests that saw it, mm-hmm. all the Instagram moments that occurred because of it, mm-hmm. and and also back to hospitality. Those people have a memory that they will never forget because we didn't tell them in advance. Now, when you get back at four thirty, be in the lobby, and we're going to have a guy in a white coat, and yeah. he's going to saber it, and he's going to point it to the left. So make sure. Yeah. It's, it's got to be spontaneous yeah. and really to encourage that. And, and, and as you can tell, we're spending a lot of time talking about our team. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of what we do design wise, but those are just pretty buildings. Yeah. They're everywhere. Everyone is building, but we spend a lot of time. In, and, and so what we've instituted as well is, is a program called magic money, magic money, okay. and magic, magic money is uh, our GMs have the ability at any given time to basically hand a voucher for $20 to any employee that creates a magical moment. And it is, it is not voted on. It is literally like walking around and handing out greenbacks and saying, thank you. And it's not, and, and that's really the way we look at it. It is telling that team member, thank you for what you just did. Yeah for that guest because that's hospitality and we want to encourage you. And then it becomes infectious. And now you've created a culture where 
where it started with they wanted to get the $20. Now there's just this internal joy that they're a part of the soul of the building. And as that happens, let's be honest, what happens in our business? The Yelp reviews, the Google reviews, the TripAdvisor reviews, everything starts going crazy. And everybody's talking about this guy named Jay in the hotel lobby. Yeah. Yeah. What does that do to ADR and occupancy? A lot. Yeah. It grows it and it grows it in the reputation. And, and so that's why I say to me, why I sound so passionate about it is how fun is that to be in a business where I can saber champagne or I can walk out with sparklers on a cake that nobody knows is coming. Yeah. And then also convert that into profitability in order to continue to grow the portfolio. Because if the first one wasn't profitable at tides, do you think we would have done it again in Vendive? No. And if that wasn't profitable, do you think we would have gone to Chattanooga? And we looked at a, a, a bunch of other cities and had our opportunities and, uh, and we're poised for growth and, and we're going we're gonna to keep doing it, but we're not going to buy just for the sake of buying. It's got to be an authentic story where we can tell our team, this is this cool place you get to be. And if we do it right, you will only not only be compensated well, you will have opportunities for advancement and we all grow together. All mm. the high, t- uh, high tide rises all ships. Yep. I love that. That's our philosophy. That's us. Man, if you're listening to this right now, like this is the episode you need to, need to save and repeat and repeat and listen to forever and ever because this is great, uh, John. So, yeah, you got you got me going. Like this is good. Uh, I don't want to take up too much. Let's of go. Your- Let's go build a hotel. Let's do it. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, ser- man, I got you got me like amped up. I, I it's rare to have these moments through a, a Zoom. Uh, so I appreciate just your passion is really really infectious. Um, wow. So. This is so cool. So the the profitability part, like I I think you pointed out something that a lot of people miss the boat on, and no pun intended, but they miss the boat on when they get into the space because they're thinking they're thinking too much about the numbers. I've seen and don't take this the wrong way. I've seen people that start out in your career like being a numbers guy, crunching numbers, counting all that stuff, and that's that is all that focuses on the the experience, the breakfast, the this, the that when people approach them for this, like, Hey, this is going to increase our ADR. They don't know. It's not the numbers don't show that the, the numbers say this. Um, the fact that you're open to it is just really incredible. Uh, you guys are growing. So is there like, just to help wrap this up, I don't want to take, like I said, too much of your time, but for, as you guys are growing, is there a certain key element other than being able to tell a story and getting it to implement all the stuff that you guys do at your other properties? Is there a certain key factor when you're looking at new destinations to go into is there something really, really specific that you and your team are like, we need to have X? What, and if you do, what is that? I think there's a couple of things that need to check the boxes. Um, and so let me start with the fun part um, because it's got to be fun. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is the storytelling is what I'm really getting at. It's got, it's got to be something that I can get, get, get my head around and get excited about and being like, let's go, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Right. And, and if I can get that jazzed up about it, then we start figuring out how do we make the numbers work? Mm-hmm. Because um, I was talking to someone the other day, I don't care where the hotel takes you. And especially in light of the pandemic, I think it's proven it. 
We all spent a year in our houses and we were, um, you know, how much Netflix can we watch? How much, how many times can we watch the same movie? How many times can we play gin? How many times? And so you're hearing this term right now and and we all see that the the industry is growing, especially on the weekends. And the term is revenge travel. Everyone is getting out because they're just, I'm getting stir crazy. I got to go somewhere. And, and so I believe that people are getting out because they want to have experiences. And I don't say that in a self-serving way. I think that's why we're set up to be successful uh, coming out of this is because we're not just offering a hot bed and a free waffle. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. There are, trust me, there are plenty of times where in, I just need the utility of a hotel. And it's because I'm in for, I'm in, I'm out. I just want to, I just need a place to lay my head, shower, get up and out. And I'm not there to experience it. Um, so I get that. And, and there is a place for that in our industry. Um, but so what we're looking for is something that I can wrap my heads around. And, and what I was getting at is I said, I don't care where the hotel takes you. It could take you to the future. It could take you to the magic kingdom. It could take you to the animal kingdom. It could take you to the past in terms of history. I said the other way, I don't care if it takes you to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I don't care where it takes you, but take me somewhere and take me on a ride and take me and entertain me. Mm-hmm. So specifically, that's what I'm looking for is something like I can wrap my head around this and we can have a blast doing it. And it may not be for everyone. Everyone may walk in and be like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this contemporary art mm-hmm. that's on the wall. It's, it's horrendous. It's offensive. It's whatever. That's OK. But I made you notice. Yeah. I didn't fade into the background or I can take you to Chattanooga and you can walk in and say, Oh, this looks so great. It looks like a Gatsby mansion. And I'm the guest of honor at a Gatsby party, but why is rap music playing? And why is Fergie screaming at me? A little party never hurt nobody. Why is that happening? Because the guys in tails and white gloves and a bowler hat and Fergie yelling and that doesn't go together, but guess what it does for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the first thing we're looking for. Then I want to look at the market and I want to see whether the market is emerging, whether it's growing, whether or not um, the economic development that's going on in that market is supportive of driving specifically a transient group mm-hmm. that wants to come have experiences, which is why we were drawn to Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that it was on a trajectory that was going to continue to drive more and more people that wanted to be transported somewhere. For us, we hope it's to, you want to be the guest of honor at a Jay Gatsby party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that would be the second would be the market. And then we go and we start underwriting the actual five-year return on investment and say, okay, this is what we can buy it for. Mm-hmm. And before we've hired the architects, the interior designers, figured out what the programming is going to cost us. We start putting pencil to paper and say, we think we can do it for this. We think we can pro forma it for five years. And then does that return the proper return on investment in order for us to move forward? So it starts with, it's got to be cool. Then it gets to, do we like the market? And then do the numbers pencil out. And if you don't meet one of those three, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many deals where the numbers will work out and I can make great returns. We can buy it for this. We can put in, you know, two, three, four, five million dollars 
and we can flip it and we can take the ADR up by 40%. We can take the occupancy up by 20% just because of the culture we're going to bring in. Yeah. But it wasn't going to be fun. Yeah. No, that's- so, we didn't do- so we didn't do it. Oh, wow. That's really good. I love that. I love the steps. And I think time, like they, they all have to work together. They can't just be the story is really cool or the numbers are really good, but the rest is eh, whatever, you know, a tricycle doesn't move on two wheels. Yes. I love that. Yes. Okay, cool. Dude. All right. So John, I, I, I love this episode. I love what you bring to the table. I think this is something really unique for both vacation rental people and hotels and restaurants, like people that are willing to tell a story and make a great business and create a great, um, I guess even just a great like Northern star for the industry. Like granted, like you said, there's a, there's a lot of hotels, you know, courtyards, Hilton garden Inns. those are, they all have their purpose, but I'm talking for the people that specifically listen to this show or are as passionate as you, uh, as you are, or I am. Uh, this is the stuff that people I think need to like, just hear more from the rooftops. And thank you for being a great example of that. But uh, I always love to ask, obviously everything's going to be in the show notes for my audience members, whether they're uh, flying on a plane and listening, or if they're, on you know swimming laps in their pool with their waterproof earbuds uh to their their, their everything's going to be in the show notes. So where can we find you? Uh where can like what's something that maybe you're really excited about that you want to send people to that are listening to uh, this episode today? Meaning like my website? Yeah, website, LinkedIn, whatever, anything. Sure. Website is uh avasethospitality.com. Um and again, it will give you kind of our whole mission statement. It'll introduce you to our whole team. Um, and again, we've spent a lot of time talking about, um, you know, passion and storytelling. Here, here's what I would tell you if, if you go to that website and, and really why we have a website. As I mentioned at the beginning, we have always just acquired and operated it on our own. And, and we've only been successful in acquiring three hotels. And, and the reason for that is, is that we've run into a lot of hotels and we're like, will you sell? And we think you've got a great story. And they're like, yeah, I mean, I, I love what you guys do, but I don't want to sell my hotel. And we've never partnered with anyone. And so um, one of the reasons why, you know, we're kind of even talking is to let people know we are now interested in providing capital to people mm. and become investors with them. If they want to, uh, kind of leverage our expertise of storytelling and profit storytelling and passion and culture in order to drive profitability. Um, and, and then if they want to get out, then we've got to write a first refusal and which will help basically grow our pipeline. Mm. Um, and so we're looking for people who, who are looking for someone who can bring not only our passion, our expertise, and our equity to the table to say, Hey, let's go do something together. And when you want to get out, we'll buy you out. Um, and, and if it doesn't work for either, then we can, we can sell, but, um, finding those unique opportunities and also marrying that up with those three that I mentioned and an owner who is ready to sell is very, very hard. Yeah. There's a lot of owners who say, yeah, I'd love to bring you on as a partner and let's grow it together and let me profit from your expertise as well. We're now open to that. And that, and that's, you know, the website is there to let people know, um, we're, we're looking to try to grow the portfolio as aggressively as we can and, uh, and just tell more stories and have fun doing it. I love it. I love it. I wish I had a hotel right now to sign a deal with you. Like, let's, I want to go like, this is a, this is really great. I I'm excited. 
Um, awesome. So like I said, everything will be tagged in the show notes for all the listeners that are tuning into the episode. You know, I always do that. I love you guys for tuning in and clicking on the, on the links. John, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast, bringing your passion, bringing your, your expertise and your experience to the show. Uh, it's been, it's, this is one for the record for sure. I'm, I'm going to save this as one of my top five, my top 10, whatever. Uh, so thank you again for being on the podcast. And, uh, I just really appreciate you being on. Absolutely. Um, everybody have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Smart locks, smart thermostats, automation, and a solution for any hotel and vacation rental company. Our show partners at Operto are the leading solution for operators to enhance their operations by integrating with your property management software and making sure that all your smart devices create a contactless guest experience while streamlining your operations. So don't forget to check them out on their website, send me a message, or just let them know that we'll send you and you are in good hands. So get ready to enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast and check out operto.com or go to the podcast website and see our partners page. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.